0: to the 30 something podcast. I'm Sunny Avada. Here we talk all about the things that make this stage of life so fun and so complicated. Motherhood, lifestyle, wellness, health, and more. Join our community as I talk to experts, authors, and others to make life a little easier for you. You know it's hard to listen to our hearts sometimes. Do you ever have that feeling that you just can seem to cut through all the noise to get what's really bothering you or holding you back? Well, today on the show I'm talking with Jessie May Wolf. She is the founder of the heart rise movement. It's a method that helps people, well, tune in to their powerful energies to release us from pain and help us on the path to productivity. She talks about really standing in our own strength, tapping into our own powerful energy source. Here's more with Jesse May from the heart rise movement. All right, guys, I am so excited to have Jessie Mae Wolf. She is the founder of the Heart Rise Movement. She has a podcast. She's a speaker. She's an author. She's an all-around great gal. Uh, Jessie Mae, thank you for letting me essentially digitally stalk you to get you on the podcast. <laughs> Your message is beautiful. It really is. It, I just said it. The Heart Rise Movement is, is the phrase. Tell us what this is all about.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, firstly, thank you for finding me and for connecting. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so, Heart Rise is it's a method and a movement that is all about activating the power of the heart. And what do I mean by that? I mean the actual active electromagnetic field. So the juicy energy, the power source of our heart. Why is this important? We have enough power in our heart to light up a small city. The actual measured electromagnetic field, that's what they they've shown that. So just to imagine that we have that, and that's all they can actually measure. Mm-hmm. So if we just begin to even conceptualize or wrap our heads, which we can't even around how powerful we are. And most of us are busy in that nonstop chaos Crazy town. So it's all about shifting from head to heart. It's a practical method. It's a modern approach to ancient wisdom and bringing it into companies and schools and all kinds of different communities. And it's really been impactful and moving to witness how we're reaching hearts far and
0: wide. Yeah, so. I love this. Yeah, you work with people, like you said, you work with companies or individuals, people that are essentially like looking to tap into that power. And I love that um, in one of your podcast episodes, you were talking about the fact that sometimes people listen to something like this and they're like, "Okay, that is just way too woo woo for me. I don't <laughs> believe in that stuff." But you do back up all of your um, all of your teachings with science. And you brought up something that's really important: is that um, it's it's backed up by by energy by what's actually scientifically happening in your body? Like, how did you, how do you marry those two concepts, like science and spirituality?
1: Yeah, well, that's such a great question. And, you know, I actually believe there's so much, there's so much synchronicity between them. You know, we have different ways of expressing and which is why even this as a teaching it's not as if heart Rise has gone and reinvented the wheel. It's just a more modern approach of taking a lot of ancient principles. So spirituality, I really believe, um, you know, and sort of spirit can be very, it can seem woo-woo to most or to many, and it can seem a bit out there, whereas the science helps to kind of ground and support it. What's really interesting about the heart is that it really is kind of the bridge between both worlds um physiologically speaking it's actually the center of our being quite literally Um, energetically speaking when you look at the chakra system which is often referenced in a lot of spiritual teachings it's quite literally the center of the chakra system as well so the heart really is a is a powerful resource for us to understand and to uncover both the science part and the spirit because in in essence when i teach Heart Rise it's breaking it down in a scientific way but understanding how once we move through and and actively engage this energy, it can bring us to a whole realm of spirit or woo-woo, if you will, or that creative, (laughs) juicy, intuitive energy that we all crave, that potential, those ah ahas, that flow state that we're all athletes call being in the zone. We can actively come to that place with intention, and the heart is the way in and through. So it's an exciting convergence of both, and I love working with people more so even in the head space that are more on the rational, Mm -hmm. um, sort of intellectual side, the scientific side, because it's really interesting to see how moved they are even by a practice that could foreseeably be perceived as woo-woo because of that spirit side to it, but it's practical. So in its application, it really does show a measurable impact which you can't argue the energy oh, sure. doesn't lie the vibes don't lie
0: uh, it's so true and anyone you don't have to be a believer per se in something religious or spiritual and that's what i love about this teaching now i for the record firmly fall in the woo-woo category is kind of a negative term but what i'm saying is I, I i believe in the power of the spirit you you really um drill down in a lot of your work um into this um the space of, of of creative freedom and that that sense of sort of of exhilaration you feel when you really feel like you're hitting your stride in something. And so I loved, I I love hearing you sort of talk about how people can access that. So if we're someone who's working with you, like I would guess you work with individuals as well as like sort of big companies, like how do you help people to get in the zone?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, firstly, what's super important to identify is the difference between the two key narratives that we tend to have going on. Most of us are busy listening to the nonstop chatter. You know who, a.k.a. monkey mind, call it what you will, ego. There's all kinds of names for it. Um, But that constant narrative that's just going. And then there is another current or infinite wisdom, and I like to call it heart power, but there's another access to an understanding that we have within this creative wisdom this intuition a lot of different ways to describe it but there is this current this energy current this energy wisdom that's available so once we learn to identify i call it the head trip and the heart power so the head trip is just the chatty nonstop, judging blaming unworthy all of that constant kind of case chaos that we have going on and then there's this other knowing inside that we have when we learn how to tap into it so it's Learning firstly to identify those two, and then I have a four-step method that I teach, which the first step, I can just run through them quickly. The first step is awareness, so you're witnessing, you're seeing, and as any meditation will tell you, you want to be able to sort of see and recognize that you you aren't your thoughts, you aren't married to your thoughts, you can take a step back. So awareness and seeing is the first step. Um, with this practice, I help people connect to their heart, start to really tap into the energy of the heart, which is, this is your greatest center. So seeing is the first step witnessing second step is to feel why is this important? Most of us are afraid to feel we don't want to touch, you know, we don't know what's going to come out. The heart is very volatile. There's a lot of emotional matter that's unresolved. So we don't want to feel, but by feeling we move the energy and emotion, is energy in motion. So we want to feel to move the energy because if it's blocked, it's toxic, and then it's more harmful to us and others because it gets stockpiled. So feeling is the second step. We're starting to move the energy. The third step is to free, with heart knowing I free, we're releasing. So you're moving the energy. And the fourth step is to flow, with heart wisdom I flow. So I'm giving it super quickly to you. But it's this method that actually, when put into practice, can help people get out of their head and into their heart. And it's a redirect of the energy. So it's not that you don't use the brilliance of your mind, because all of my intellectual community and clients or friends get a little bit sort of disoriented by that thought, like, how am I not going to rely on my intellect or my mind, but it's more of a shifting from head into the heart and moving through those four steps to help you harness this power to to guide you instead.
0: Yeah, I love too, that you really encourage people to uh, to live through, to walk through the emotion because, look, everybody has had really, really crappy moments, really low lows, and you, anyone who's lived through tragedy of any form will tell you you can't ignore that, that power or or it will control you. So you really have to walk through it. And what's great about, you know, hearing you talk about this method is you're teaching people to own that. I would imagine not to get too stereotypical, but it might be more difficult maybe for some of your male clients who are sort of, um, society teaches them to kind of bury that stuff a little more and they might have a little more difficulty with that particular step and just sort of feeling it.
1: That's firstly such an important thing. And indeed, the feeling piece is so key and feelings are fuel. So when we learn how to move the energy and feel it, it can actually serve as fuel. So that's an important thing to note because we're so afraid to feel because we don't know what's going to come out. And to answer your you know, your, your question or your point around the, with working with men, it's been a huge piece because men indeed are really kind of programmed and conditioned from a young age to be tough, to man up and these all these concepts and ideas that are indoctrinated from a young age where they're not really taught to trust or even lean in or connect at all with their heart so it's been really moving to witness how much it's been empowering and healing for men to come to the sessions and experience it and really start to cultivate this emotional resilience this heart-powered presence which it just it's it's a good um it's a good flow for all anyone who's engaged with it anyone who's around people that are in that state, it just it's a lot easier to be around. So it, it just makes communication a lot easier. It makes connection a lot easier. And just showing up and being with each other and not just sort of being what the you know, because we're so in this masquerade, we're continuously presenting ourselves. And you know, with the news feeds, and it's just so constant and chronic. So just being able to show up as we are and be who we are and not have to put a face on it or a mask on it is very liberating.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, social media, we talk about its pitfalls all the time, but it does allow us to sort of access people in a way that we haven't ever really in human history. So sometimes, you know, we're scrolling through our feeds, and you could you can go through a range of emotions just going through, you know, your scroll on any given day. But this this phrase you used um, in, in one of your podcasts, was our longing to belong, and, and gosh, you ever see that. I mean, you see it with people posting, like I just said, on, on Facebook. They're putting something out there. They're being vulnerable to the world, but you're also seeing it in the political sphere where we are more um, at odds than ever, but still people are trying to find their tribe. They're trying to find somewhere to belong, and so y- you really have sort of actionable tools for people to sort of find that that sense of belonging,
1: Yes, it's exactly right. Because that belonging is actually it's it lives inside of us, we all are born to, you know, we've come into this world belonging connected. And, you know, over time, and even at a very young age, if our connections aren't formed, if we're not supported by heartful connection, and and even just the different ways that we communicate in the environments that we're in, it's really easy to not feel like we belong and very easy and early on to have those you know, the programs start to take place in our, you know, and the programming and all these ideas that get really set in at a young age. And we don't realize where we feel unworthy or we're not being validated and all these shoulds. So that then follows this whole head trip idea that we just start to, I have to perform a certain way in order for some, you know, to be validated, to be liked, to do well in school, all the different sort of sets of, um, you know, behaviors that go into that, that place. And what happens is the belonging is really what, what we're all craving. And at the end of the day, when we remember this and we learn to come back to our heart center, we can actually be much more present for each other too, which is what we're all craving. All the sort of follow, follow, like me, like me, all the social media, who has really so much of it is about that mm-hmm. just longing to be seen, to belong, to connect. And when we come home to our hearts, there's an honesty and there's a truth that happens in that exchange of being able to feel and be with each other and be honest about our pain, our joy, all of it so that we can get honest about our healing and our connection. And I really do believe it's what we're craving. And this is a super practical method. So it helps people who otherwise would say they're not able to tap into their heart or I don't have time for that or my heart's unreliable or whatever the story is around the heart. It really helps people to lean in in a proactive way and and start to cultivate
0: that connection. Is it a quick process? Is it something where you can help people just plug in right away?
1: Is a perfect example last night. I mean, I live in LA and I did a session. I do Monday nights at uh, Heart Rise sessions at the den, which are beautiful. We always have a fun, full house and always really healing and empowering. And last night, no exception. I mean, one of the girls said, What a gift! This was life changing, you know, just one session. And you know, she came and gave me a long hug after, and I could feel it. And as everyone does in a session, and it's really remarkable how. When we're ready, you know, and there's that expression, too, when you're ready, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. But I really believe when we're ready for a learning or an experience, it presents itself. And often it'll continue to present itself in different ways through different people, through different experiences, until we get the memo, until the learning really starts to get integrated. So this is a practical approach that when people are really ready or when they're hungry or seeking or craving that connection – Oftentimes they'll stumble upon it or they'll find it and then suddenly it can just be as quick as one session or one walkthrough, one deepening into that feeling space where you move through. And it really is, it's, it's alchemy. So it's moving the energy because what happens is we're so often just pent up, we're blocked, we're holding all those feelings we were speaking of. So we're just much more susceptible to the busy. When, we're, when everything is contracted and contained, we're much more easy to react, right? Because we're just we're so stockpiled with all that unresolved emotional matter. But when we can learn to metabolize it, all of that fear, that anxiety, that stress can be repurposed as fuel and ha! Huh, I can show up as my best self. Mm-hmm. What a concept. And yeah. it is really easy.
0: I love it too. And and I've I found, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, that you really don't recognize the need for some of this uh, work in your own life until you sit still. Sometimes we keep ourselves busy so that we can ignore all of that noise pollution and all of that craziness. And um, what's great about what you do is that you force people into, um, at least initially a, a, a bit of a state of stillness, because that's where you realize what work is ahead of you. And it can be scary, but you're literally sort of walking people through it. But but yeah, you got to stay still, right?
1: You do. And what I feel and that's a good point, And I think what a lot of people struggle with and why even the word meditation and stillness is most uncomfortable for pretty much everyone. I mean, we're so chronic with our frenetic pace and this busyness you speak of that we're constantly like we even revere it. We bow down to busy. I mean, that's something that we look up to. Oh, they're really busy. They must be really important. You know, we've sort of we've started to adopt this reverence for busy, which is dangerous, because really busy just means we don't want to deal with what we're feeling. So actually, as you say, and so coming home to it's not just sitting still cuz that's almost for most people impossible and i found that to be impossible when i was back in my era days of being in fashion and publishing and marketing nonstop busy i know what that world is like and i know you know i know what the world in general it's constant so sitting still was almost impossible and for me what i came to understand is if i could redirect and focus my energy and attention and move it into what's more of an active practice so this is a little bit more of an active meditation than just sitting still and you are guided, as you mentioned too. So you're you're being guided, you're engaging. So you're not just trying to quiet the mind, which can be really challenging, but you're actually redirecting your attention and your awareness to your heart center, to your heartbeat and the energy, quite literally, and moving with breath into an experience. So it's a little bit more accessible for a lot of people that might struggle with stillness.
0: I love that you came from such a different world to you referenced your past work and career. Uh-huh. I would love if you would tell us like a little bit more of that because wow, talk about like a total shift, especially from something like the fashion industry or the entertainment industry into something like this. Like who were you in your past life?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had many. (laughs) Uh, And I actually believe that it's a big part of what's allowed me to give as much credence and heartfulness to this practice because of all the different experiences I've had. So, you know, I've traveled extensively. Yes, I worked in publishing and design and photography. I had my own graphic, graphic design and marketing agency back in the day. I had my own collection clothing line for years. Um, segued into designing for, um, I actually designed Nicole Richie's first collection, which what? was exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say that whole world of being in that environment of, you know, fashion and media and publishing, I was designing books at Fiden Press living in London, England for a couple of years, many moons ago. But all of these experiences helped enrich my life experience, which all have now contributed to this heartful path that I'm on. So back full circle to that creative juiciness we were speaking of, sometimes the steps and the paths and you know the different passages that we'll take in our lives don't always seem obvious as to where they're leading us. But when we trust and we lean in heartfully and we start to make decisions, and when I look at my own life and I see how each chapter was taking me on this sort of continuous path, which is now this visionary creative path of heart which is helping to empower others to live that which is what i was doing all along and when i go back to early days of wanting to inspire or help others and i wanted to be a psychiatrist when i was little you know but then i also loved creative and you know all the different chapters and careers i've had um you know, all converged in this now path, which allows me to be both creative, to communicate, to connect with others, all the things that really light me up. And I believe we all have a calling and a gift and a a path. So... Whatever that may be, the more we listen to our hearts, the more it can support us.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you tell someone to trust that heart? Because we are, <laughs> we are like so told from a young age, you know, like you said, follow your strict educational path, you know, do what's safe, do what's easy. And as someone who had to learn to trust her gut, I know how tough that can be. I mean, it literally took me years to make one major career decision and countless nights of, you know, crying and debating. And so how do we learn that?
1: Yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned that the countless nights of the crying and debating because that's part of it, right? So it's the, again, the emotional release we have to actively go through. Like when I look at the steps in the chapters that were big, pivotal sort of decision making junctures in my life or choices that took you know course, the big, big patterns and decisions and paths and passages in my life. When I look at those times, each one was marked by something that really called me back home to my heart to really lean in. And we know those sort of crossroads that happen in our lives and the more we learn to really deeply listen and it does take practice but a big part of that is letting the feelings breathe so not trying to overthink or overanalyze analysis is emotional paralysis so the more analytical we are about a big decision we're making and the less we're in our heart the more likely it is to take us off path or it'll take us on a path, but we'll end up coming back and learning something. So it's okay. Cause it's all part of the journey, but the more you can really lean in and the more you start to build that emotional resilience, the easier it is to trust. But it does take regular practice of letting those feelings breathe because otherwise you can be too emotional because you haven't metabolized anything, and then you're we're, we're much more apt to be, like, all over the place. But the more we start to build it like a muscle, if you think of it that way, it helps to sort of strengthen. And then you can – it's a sense of conviction where your whole body just energetically gives you a yes to something, and you start to really know, and you can lean in. But it does – you have to work it like we do with anything, physical, workout, we Don't want to get jiggy, so we work out our <laughs> heart hard to get jiggy, so you work that heart
0: muscle. <laughs> I love it. You've been a jiggy or jiggly. Yeah, we have to work it. We have to work at being in tune with ourselves, which is just sort of the sad state of our world right now. But Jesse May, you have uh, brought such like an incredible toolkit to people who are trying to like get back to basics. So I'm just so grateful that you talk to us. I'm um your your website is heartrisemovement.com, but can you tell us um what else we'll find if we check you out there and where else we can follow you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So heart rise movement is the hub, I guess you could say there is, as you mentioned before, too, I have a podcast called high on heart where I have different topics and themes all around the heart. And bringing in each month too, I bring in a different guest as well. So that's also that's on Apple and all the different platforms. Um, I also have my book, which I have here and I'll give you a little quick flash, which is my I wrote and designed it. It's called high on heart. And it's a fun, very visual, um, you can't fully tell from here, but the there's a lot of images and it's not a very kind of textbook kind of book. It's a very fun, and even the shape, it's playful. I mean, it's got like prints and it's definitely a fun. It's a, a great coffee
0: table book. I love exactly. it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> coffee table in LA, people keep it in their glove compartment for LA traffic, you know, just on the fly, good heart nuggets of wisdom to sort of keep you connected. It's the method in a book. There's also, we do a monthly membership call. Those are for people that want to experience and sort of workshop it out and do group coaching because I don't do as much of the private sessions. I just don't have the bandwidth as much anymore. So that's a beautiful way to stay connected. And then I bring it into companies and to schools. So if you have a community that you'd like to bring HeartRise into, we do programs, we do workshops, I do events, off-site retreats, on-site retreats. Um, those are the primary ways that I would say. And we do all kinds of fun, Um, collaborative um, experiences, too. So I'm always open. And um, yeah, those are the primary ways. But I will say to all of your listeners, your heart knows the way and the more you can really learn how to plug in and access that. It's amazing what it can do to support you. And we need more heart on the planet right now. I mean, our longing to belong has never been greater. And (laughs) I I'm very passionate about the message and I'm inspired to see the shift happening. And last piece on that is men, especially, it's a real call to men. I've been moved. I've actually had some of my guys say like, we need heart rise for bros. You know, <laughs> the, you know the most courageous men are those that are being sensitive and tuning in and tender with their hearts and themselves and, and all of us because we need more of that compassion right now.
0: Amen. And- Amen. And raising a son, you know, I, I'm just grateful for this kind of work <laughs> because I think it's time we teach our boys, that it's okay. it's okay to have that vulnerability too because they're not going to, you know, you can't get through life without, like you said, using your muscle of your heart. And, um, and I just love that you're putting that out into the world and so many good vibes, Jesse Mae, from everything you're doing. So thank you so, so much for taking time for us.
1: Thank you. It was really such a pleasure and I'm excited. I'm sure there'll be opportunities for us to collaborate too. So thank you so much for what you're bringing and what you're doing. And it was really a pleasure to share with everyone.
0: Likewise. And guys, I will link all of her channels on my blog as well. Um, Jesse May Wolf from heartrisemovement.com. Thanks guys for listening to this episode of the 30 something podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at SonnyAvada. That's S-O-N-N-I A-B-A-T-T-A, or check out my website, SunnyAbada.com. Hope to hear from you and see you soon.